Hello, and welcome to the Euro What from WhatElseIsOn.tv. I'm Mike McComb, and I'm joined today by my fellow WEIO Eurovision News and Entertainment Research Division specialists, Brian Brazell and Ben Smith. Howdy, folks. How's everybody doing this weekend? I am doing pretty fantastic. I've had a great weekend of working outside, helping my friends in their garden. Um, I love other people's kids and other people's gardens, so I can sort of tap in when I want to and tap out when I don't want to. So that was a great weekend. Nice. How about you, Ben? Did everybody remember to to set their clocks back for daylight savings time? Set it forward, you mean? Uh, yes, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what time is it for you, Ben? <laughs> time for me to make sure that I put things in the correct direction. I like that we sacrifice an hour every spring. It's gave. I personally gave back the hour I spent watching the Macedonian final. I was trying to figure out what hour of this past year has been the worst hour, and I couldn't really come up with one. That's all. How about you, Mike? How you doing? Doing well. Yeah, we're recording a little bit earlier this week because I thought I had jury duty when we normally record, and I found out that I don't have to do that. So uh, that Yay. is very exciting. Hooray! Uh, although I was really looking forward to it. was my first time getting a jury summons, so better luck next time, question mark. So... <laughs> <laughs> so instead, we'll talk about the juries of Norway and Sweden and the remaining national finals that have happened uh, wow. in the last week. Yeah. How's that for that was, a segue? That was a, wow. that was a good segue. Yeah. Well, actually, speaking of Norway, <laughs> I got an interesting email earlier this week. Uh, there was a website that does kind of like data scraping for uh, podcast rankings. And it uh, turns out we have cracked the top 200 uh, for music podcasts. In the country of Norway, I'm not sure <laughs> why. Hey, thanks, Norway. Yeah, thank you, you. Yeah. thank you, Norway. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was rooting for Norway like pretty hard last year uh, for their entry. I wore I wore uh, a Norway shirt to the final, but so 200 out of 201. Like, how many yeah, like... podcasts are there in Norway? Is my question. I mean, I think it, I think it's like of all podcasts that classify themselves as music there were, there were a lot of other like english language uh podcasts there um so okay. we're, we're going to like ride this victory uh as far as we can so as far as we can thank you all 15 people in norway who downloaded our podcast yes thank you yeah right we're number 175 Woo-hoo! Yeah. we're number 175 <laughs> we're number 175 Soon to be 174 after this week's episode. Yeah, yeah yes. after, after this week's stellar episode. Yeah. Remember to rate and review us on iTunes. There we yeah. go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like and subscribe. Like and su- yeah. Oh, yeah. And then uh, another thing that kind of came up this week that uh, we wanted to mention just because there may be conflicting reports out there uh, about Ukraine's broadcaster. Uh, turns out that they're kind of out of money at this point and may close up Oops. shop uh, at the end of next month uh, unless there's some sort of angel investor or however that sort of situation gets resolved with European broadcasters. I'm not entirely sure how that works, but uh, like government bailouts, does that, is that a thing in Ukraine? Maybe. Assuming the government has money to give to the broadcast. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There were questions uh, that came up as to whether or not Ukraine would still be able to participate in Eurovision. And it sounds like they will be able to UAPBC. I believe that's the name of the broadcaster. Uh, they have a partnership with another broadcaster that actually handles the Eurovision side of things, and it shouldn't interfere with uh, Ukraine's participation at all, which is good because Ukraine always brings the party to Eurovision. And mm-hmm. yes, it just turns out they may have brought a little bit too much to the party last year when they hosted. <laughs> right? Yeah, they they were very gracious hosts, but Eurovision is not a cheap thing to put on. So it's like the Olympics; nobody really, nobody really wants it. Right. Well, except Russia, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
we'll be talking about Russia next week. Yeah, this is kind of a similar situation that Israel faced last year. Their their broadcaster, their very last telecast was the Eurovision final. And yeah, they just had to have kind of like three people like holding everything together with like duct tape and twine for uh, the last couple of weeks. And then the Eurovision participation stuff has moved over to a different broadcaster and all of the licensing and all, all of the like sausage making stuff that we don't need to get into on this podcast because it's probably of interest of me and I don't even know if it's of interest to you, Ben or Ryan. So. I, was about to say, I clocked out. I, I, was about to say, I checked out like two minutes ago. Hello. Anytime that a broadcaster has money like this, like I just like to imagine, you know, your your point, Mike, was a really good one. I also like just to imagine that they're, they've just got like a case of beer or champagne or something just waiting to close it down so they can get like really drunk or mm-hmm. something, really properly celebrate the end of an era or something. Yeah. Although I do recall like when the Israeli delegation was uh, announcing their votes, it it sounded more like a eulogy. It was just, it was kind of a sad moment. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, I guess yeah. it can go that way too. Yeah. All right, on to more festive things. Let's let's talk about this week's selections that have come through. Ryan, do you want to get us started? Sure. One of your favorites and mine, Azerbaijan, announced their artist a while ago, if I remember correctly. Isil is her name, and she is going to be singing a song called Cross My Heart. It's written as X My Heart, but pronounced Cross My Heart. Isol has a pretty good pedigree in terms of music and singing. She reached the semis in a Swiss jazz singing competition. I think jazz is her style, but she does lots of different styles. She actually went to music school with Dihaj, who was last year's yeah. representative the, with okay. Diana, the lead singer of Dihaj, um, which is really cool. I like this song. I don't know that it feels particularly... Azeri, I think one of the things I have liked about Azerbaijan in the past is you can kind of identify that this is an Azeri song, right? It has a particular style or it's it's sort of out of the sort of center, out of the, the mainstream of music. This doesn't really bring that for me so much. Uh, what do you think, Mike? Yeah, I also thought that this was really kind of a departure for Azerbaijan. Like even their like super poppy songs still have kind of like a undercurrent of like melancholy in them that I really respond to and on the very first listen of this I was really disappointed because I was I was able to track down a track of Isol's that she released I think it was maybe two years ago called Others uh, I've I referenced it before uh, on the podcast it might have been like way back in our very first episode and I love that song it's just like very ethereal and it really kind of gets into that like moody jazz uh aspect which i think is her wheelhouse and i was really hoping for something like that and this is a good eurovision song but it wasn't quite what i was expecting so i'm i'm kind of in the mode of like having to adjust to oh okay this is this is what we have now so haven't fully formed my opinion of the song yet just based on like having to completely change my expectations ben what did you think of the song i'm gonna second a lot of what you said mike uh and again like i was referencing that clip you had given us like the first episode of okay this is what we're gonna get from azerbaijan and then we got this and it just felt like out of left field sort of a thing from isil and from them because again like they tend to have something a 
something a little bit more melancholic, I guess. But yeah, like I, I'm still trying to process things while I'm still working on that. Like I'm mostly just focused on the lyrical content. She talks about like dealing with the firewalls, and as someone who has done their fair share of sysadmin work, I'm like I'm right there with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then co- correct me, but is it is she asked whoever to to moon me up? It's like Luna Moon beam me like yeah. It's there's some weird lyric in the chorus that I was like, okay, th- this is strange. Yeah, uh, that, that my brain just refuses to to continue processing until we sort out what is she saying here. I think the song builds well, particularly sort of in the first verse into the first chorus. Every sort of time she finishes a phrase something else gets layered on top. So I think there are some structural components of the song that I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. I like the, as I said, I, I like the song in general. It's one that like, Oh sure. Like I would, you know, by choice, listen to this song, not just by chance, but it just doesn't feel like an entry from Azerbaijan based on what I have come to love and expect from Azerbaijan. There's nothing unique really about this. This feels very sort of mainstream. Right. Although I would say that the layering aspect is something that Azerbaijan does pretty frequently and they do it really well yeah that's fair i'm looking forward to seeing what a live performance is going to be like agreed how she sounds live just based on what i've heard so far i really like her voice this has potential i don't i don't know if it has that like winning factor behind it but i think it'll be enjoyable like i, th- yeah, I think it's enjoyable i mean they're in semi-final one and i need to take mm. a look at like how that entire field is stacking up but that felt like the weaker of the two lineups just based on what we know about those countries so it could right. it and i think that azerbaijan has always made it to the final am i correct that's right so they they have a very good history in the contest this could easily continue on with that legacy yeah and it's certainly better than the songs that have made it to the final for azerbaijan but didn't do very well in the standings like i, I think this is much more approachable for a general audience than what, what sure. was it seasons of the wolf or or something a couple of years ago yep yeah Although I liked that song, the performance of it was just terrible. You know, you got to have at least one wolf on stage for Eurovision. <laughs> the other one that we're still kind of getting caught up on from last weekend was Portugal. The winner of that was Claudia Pascal with the song O Jardim. else getting a cold play vibe from this one yes Absolutely. yes i was i was like this feels like last year's song but also cold play for some reason mm. i love her voice i what is going on with that staging can anybody answer for me what the actual concept of the staging for this performance was visually i cannot uh, i didn't actually get a chance to watch the final i only got saw the video oh, okay, that they okay. posted online Just, which seemed to be like the like the victory lap performance rather than like the actual competitive performance so i don't know if maybe that was a carryover from something else i'm, I'm not sure there's just not really anything to i think they've taken you know what um last year's winner he used his chance on the microphone to talk about how pop is useless and we should all just sing beautiful songs and sort of disposable music is useless and i think they've sort of taken that and gone a little too far with it in the the, that that sentiment they've gone too Mm. far with it because in the staging it's like there's 
the main singer and she sings for like a minute and a half. There's this other person on the stage with their back to the audience dressed in a shirt that like ties at the back. So it almost looks like a straight jacket kind of shirt, but it's just a shirt. And then at some point she just like turns around on the stool and sings some backup and that's it. And then she that's, and then she turns back around and it's just like, okay, cool. You guys had a rolly office chair. That's great. Yeah. That's literally all there is to the performance. I don't understand. Like you can do an effective performance without using a lot of high tech stuff. This was not that. Which they proved last year. But this, yeah, this right. this felt like they had taken things to, a little bit too far on that. But again, we'll see what they do in the final with this. That's it. Look, I love Claudia Pascal's voice. Mm-hmm. She's got a great voice. The, the tone is amazing. I don't like the song very much. I don't feel like it goes anywhere. It's mm-hmm. like two and a half minutes or maybe 245. So they've got some time that they, they're leaving on the table. Mm-hmm. It just, it doesn't feel like the song really goes anywhere. For me, it I, I fully agree. Her voice is lovely. And the song is just kind of there, which could just be their strategy and that they don't really want to do this twice in a row. The goal of the host song, I think, is to go, yes, we totally deserve to have won last year. Here is a song that proves that we deserve to go automatically to the final. It should not win. Right. And and it can be a little experimental. I think this just has kind of like a, I don't want to say atypical song structure, because like I said, it sounds, there's like a specific Coldplay song, and I cannot come up with the name of it that it is reminding me of just like structurally but it's seems like something where it's like oh yeah this should probably be more i'm not saying that it should be a seven minute song but it feels like it is just a section of a much longer piece yes i agree with that they're fine they're in the finals it'll be great so next on the docket we've got belgium who a while back named senek as their artist but they have finally revealed her song a matter of time Okay, Mike, what do you think of this one? Okay, first, I think this is the sort of song that Azerbaijan should have sent. This is what I was expecting from them. That being said, I wouldn't be surprised if Brussels 2019 were on the table. (laughs) Like, I, I think this is just great. This is what I've come to expect from internal selections. Like, if you're going to go the internal selection route, just being finding a song that matches the artist's voice and the ability to deliver a performance that is going to catch people's attention and yeah like this this is just i love the video i love the song it's a it may be a little too similar to rise like a phoenix and just it's like bond vibe but we may also be far enough away from 2014 for that to not be an issue. But yeah, I I think this is an excellent choice on Belgium's part. I think I agree with your comment about it being sort of Bond-like vibe. I'm less concerned about 2014 Austria, though, and more concerned about 2018 Latvia, who um, Funny Girl with Laura Rizzotto are also sending a Bond-like song. So I'm a little, I I think I mentioned it was uh, two, I think it was episode six that we talked about Laura Rizzotto. And I'm a a little bit concerned that the two of them are coming with a very, very similar song. That said, they're in different semifinals. So that will not be an issue, I think, until the finals, if it is an issue. But that's, I think that's why I like it. I like that sort of mysterious Bond-like thing. Although I don't like the song. I don't, I don't think I like it as well as I like Latvia's song. So 
I was interested to hear you say you think this might be in contention for the win. I bet that did not uh, come into my mind for this song. Yeah, I mean, I think part of that is coming from Belgium has been consistently delivering for the last few years. And true, true. It feels like, okay, like Belgium wants this. Belgium's putting in the work. Maybe we can throw something Belgium's way, you know, but like now that now that you mention like the Latvia thing it's like, oh, yeah, that is an interesting concern to raise. I think the two songs are different enough that I don't think that they're going to step on each other's toes. When when we start getting into the like the nitty gritty of comparing the songs to one another, that that's going to be mm-hmm. something that's going to be sitting in the back of my mind. Sorry, sorry, Ben, what what do you think of it? I'm going to side with with Ryan here that I'm not sure we should start putting brussels on the docket just yet i think this is a very nice song i think that belgium is on the right track by doing internal selections like they seem to have a real knack for for pairing artists and songs i don't know i felt a little bit let down by this year's entry like it like it feels like when they've done that the last couple years they've also kind of pushed the bounds of what they can do with pop or what's going on in eurovision like last year's entry was very kind of trip-hop inspired a couple years ago you had uh like notets which was which felt very percussive and very different from the other stuff that was going on on stage and this just feels a little bit more traditional, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but it's not as unique as as I tend to look for them to go. Yeah, so sort of like how Azerbaijan, we look for a certain kind of thing from them and not getting it. I think I would agree that the same is true with, with this year's Belgium mm-hmm. entry. And again, like I think it's good, and I, I really want to see what her live performance looks like, because last year I was super, super into into Blanche and City Lights, and then she got on stage and was like, oh no. Yeah. That was rough. Yeah, if, although just from, from the video for this year's, which feels a little bit more dynamic, I think that we've got a, a slightly less deer-in-the-headlights performer. Well, and she's been performing for a very long time. I mean, there's a, a great video of her on YouTube performing. She's singing um, as part of a James Bond tribute concert with the Brussels Philharmonic Orchestra. She's also the lead singer for a dubstep group. So she's, I, I do not think we're going to have that same issue. Um, also, interestingly, she works as a visual merchandiser for Ikea, and I'm not entirely sure what that means, but I think it sounds great. I, I think it and means, I, oh, that's where they got the glass teapots for the video. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> I thought they looked familiar. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think that sort of Blanche's hesitation with to be on stage, I think, is not something that we will see with the Cynic. Yeah, and also, like, in Blanche's defense, I believe she was 17 at the time. Oh, sure. And yes. Look, I'm 35, and I would have done the same exactly. thing. Exactly. So. And, and she recovered, like, between the first semifinal and the final, so... She did. She did. Yeah, I think also maybe my enthusiasm for this song is, like, this is one of the first entries this season where it came out and I was instantly like yes about it like it's been a little bit of a desert this year so there are well there are like a few others in this week's batch of entries Mm -hmm. where I felt very very strongly on them so we will have plenty of time to fanboy out on in our own ways yes that's right so Croatia they have finally released their track for this year's contest their performer her name is Franca and she is singing a song called Crazy.
So I kind of like how this song is jazzy without being like all caps jazz. I could totally see this as a song used for a routine on So You Think You Can Dance. And I think the video for this kind of leads into that. And it, it could be a fun performance on stage. What what do you all think? I don't know what this song is. <laughs> I don't know what Yes. <laughs> and I don't know that this song knows what it is. It it feels I, I feel like we keep talking about these songs at Eurovision this year that are like four different things crammed into mm-hmm. one and doesn't do any of them well as a result. That is the song for me. Like at first I was listening to it and thought, oh, this is kind of James Bondy, like Belgium and like Latvia. And then something else happened and I was like, no, this isn't Bond like. And then she started talking and she completely lost me. Like I won't even call it rapping because it's not. No, nope. There's no flow no. there. It's just talking. <laughs> nope. It's just like a dramatic vocal thing during the bridge. Yeah. I just I don't know. I don't know even where in mentally where to put this song. I don't know how to say whether I I don't like it. I can tell you that. Yeah, like it's I'm I'm having like a bad reaction to it. But yeah, like I had to listen to this like three or four times because I kept listening to it to take notes and then would come away and not really remember like any one thing in particular. So finally, like I just have down this feels like an amalgam of like things that, that have done well in like the last few years. Yes. But doesn't really have a distinct enough identity amongst those to really stand out for me. What do you think, Mike? I think all of those comments are completely fair and earned. Yeah, the the part where she's just kind of like monologuing, it's an interesting choice of monologue. I don't know. Like when we when we were first listening to it, my husband was just like, I don't think she saw the movie Bonnie and Clyde. I'm pretty sure that's not how the story goes. <laughs> <laughs> It's always great when somebody in a song uses a metaphor like that where you're like, I'm pretty sure that they don't, that they're not familiar with how this actually ends up. Yeah. yeah that's not actually how that works. Croatia's been interesting since they've come back from their hiatus where they've have song like they've had Lighthouse, they've had my friend. Initially it's just gonna be like, mm, eh, uh, uh, and yeah, they've managed to just kind of turn it around. Although with this one, the product is much farther along than the last two entries have been. Like last year there was a lyric video and then like the official video that came out like in April or something. It was the same with Lighthouse, where like you just had like I think it was stock footage of like boats and harbors and it was just the song playing over like the visit croatia like tourism video or whatever whereas this they've presented the complete product so it's going to be tough to see where improvements have been made unless unless franca participates in any sort of pre-eurovision events i'm optimistic about this one but i wouldn't be devastated if it struggles to qualify i think your point about croatia and performance is a really good one i really really hated last year's entry until I saw it on the Eurovision stage and then was like, oh, I get this song. I like this song. Mm-hmm. I like this. I like this as an entry. Franca has a lot of skills. She actually won a season of Dancing with the Stars in Croatia. She just last year released a single that was top 10 in Croatia. So she's, you know, legitimate in terms of both singing and dancing. And I, I think that they, if they use that to her advantage in the performance piece of this, that will probably make this go a long way. And this just may be one of those songs that needs to be staged in order to make sense to me. There have been several like that over the years that I have been completely anti and then see them and go, oh, I get it now. Yeah. So maybe it's that, but I I just don't know what the song is right now. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I've got. It's just, I don't get it. Maybe a staging will help. On the other hand, I had the exact opposite reaction with last year's entry, which was I did not like it. And then I saw the staging. I was like, I still do not like this at all. No. <laughs> 
that Croatia was the hit of my party. Pretty much everybody ranked it like either number one or number two for people who came to the party. I, I hope they can do that again this year because I like Croatia. So Australia also released their song this week. We knew that it was going to be Jessica Malboy for a while. They announced her, I think, back in November. And we actually have seen Jessica Malboy on the Eurovision stage before. She was Australia's first representative at Eurovision, even if it was sort of an unofficial representative. She traveled to the contest in 2014 and performed uh, like an exhibition. I forget the name of the song, but she it was basically... The exhibition song, plus a a skit about, like, Australia loves Eurovision, please invite us to participate in the contest, and they did, and so they've been to the contest the last couple years. So this year, she is coming and competing for real with a song called We Got Love. What do you think, Ben? I really liked this one, and I feel like I've said that with previous Australian entries and not entirely meant it. Whereas this one, I really dig this. Like this, this one feels like a, this one feels like it could be a contender for me for them. Which I have no clue how that plays out. If like what what the contingency plan for Australia winning is, but they may have to crack that folder open. Am I the only one thinking this? I'm not thinking that. I mean, I think I think it's a contender the way that Australia is generally always been a contender since they've started participating like they're doing what the uk should be doing where like they have a firmly established music industry that works at an international scale so i i am not surprised that a song of this caliber is part of the contest it's not really doing anything for me but i, th- I think it's just it just kind of blends into the whole like demi lovato landscape which is kind of crowded right now so it, it's it's not doing anything that is standing out in my mind that's not to say that it's a bad song or anything it's just sort of like eh, yeah it's just another 2018 pop song yeah i don't I don't know if I agree with the 2018 part. Like this song, it's a really good song. I love her voice. I love the production. I have a lot of faith in Australia's ability to bring a great entry to the Eurovision stage. It just feels like they should have brought this song like five years ago. This feels sort of 2013, like Denmark, the the year that Denmark won with um, only teardrops. It, It just, it feels a little more like that era. That's my big concern with this song is, is it, it doesn't feel fresh necessarily. It doesn't feel current. It just feels a little bit old, a little bit too mainstream. That said, again, like this maybe is one of those entries that when I see it live on on the Eurovision stage, I, I feel something very differently. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely very curious about the staging for this versus the official video that they dropped. Jessica Malboy is also somebody that like, I know her from Eurovision. Based on her credentials and who she has worked with and what she has done in the music industry, I feel like this is someone I should know. Like, she has three platinum albums. She's done singles with Snoop Dogg, Flo Rida, and Ludacris. Yeah, how has she not, like, cracked on, like, an international level? Yeah, and she was on The Ellen Show. I guess she was in a film called The Sapphires, and she, like, came on The Ellen Show and did an interview with Ellen DeGeneres. So I'm like, how is this that she has been so such a part of American entertainment 
and I have not seen that at all. Hmm. Maybe I'm just out of touch, which completely possible. But and like this is something I, I'm pretty sure we've touched on before on the show. But another thing I like about Australia's entries is that they they reflect Australia's peoples like on a diversity level. Like they they have consistently yeah, sent yeah. performers that represent that aren't just like nice white people. Yeah. yeah, every 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 entrant that they've sent has been a person of color. Which thank you, Australia. Like, what <laughs> yes. Eurovision's so white? Hashtag. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just whiter than the demographics of Europe should really right. Like, there's a lot of people of color doing a lot of amazing stuff with music in Europe, and how our country's not picking them to show up on the Eurovision stage. So, yeah. well, I mean, I know the answer to that, but we won't get into yeah. that. Yeah, that that will be a separate episode once we're done. <laughs> once right. we're done with the 2018 <laughs> contest, <laughs> yeah. that's right. Exactly. I'm also kind of curious about how this is going to be staged. Like, if it, if it's staged the way that uh, Dami Eames' performance was in 2016, I can see that being like a huge game changer in in terms of my own reception t- uh, to it and the possibility of this being like a winning entry. Australia is going to be fine. Like, yeah, I'm not. Sir, I'm, not yeah, I'm not like, worried about them. So. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm not worried. Yeah. yeah, but the fact that you mentioned Dami Eames, like, that's what I thought of when I heard this for the first time. Is like, and that's why I was suddenly on board. I was like, this could be like a surprise winner mm-hmm. i don't know that i feel that way about it given given what we know of the field but again i have been very wrong about australia in the past so another country where we've known their participants since episode one basically but had not actually known anything other than that was austria and they have finally dropped cesar samson's nobody but you personal level i'm kind of digging the whole kind of gospel tingedness of this and there's like a bit of the piano stuff that reminds me of a james blake cover of feist but that's neither here nor there since this is eurovision and not pitchfork <laughs> not yet no no ryan what did you think of this i like the song so this guy cesar samson has um some experience on the eurovision stage already he was in the he was one of the backing singers for bulgaria the last two years both 2016 and 2017 he's the lead singer for two musical groups he's a personal trainer and a model and that does not hurt his presentation his visual presentation on the eurovision stage i like that this song fills this i I think when we see men eurovision a lot of times we're talking about tenors and people singing in falsetto and he brings a sort of rich baritone voice that we saw last year with isaiah from australia Mm -hmm. that i think um is is often missing and i really appreciate that there's one moment in the song where he goes into falsetto but by and large he's singing really deep into his into his baritone range which i i really love it's a great song it's danceable and singable it's sort of easy to identify with there's nothing that unique in terms of the style it's not doing anything all that original but what it does it does really well i i like this song so my first listen of the song was watching the video and I really do not like this video. It's the special effects, I think, are just feels a little kind of film school project. Yeah, yeah. totally, that totally agreed on the video. Me. Like the video is weirder than it should be for the song. Yeah, yeah. and the like frayed backwards sweater thing that he's wearing, like it's just like it's not flattering for him at all. It's, it's just 
I, I was really put off by the video and just like, oh, do I even like this song? But then like cutting clips for uh, this episode and just kind of listening to the track on Spotify. It's like, oh, yeah, it has like uh, the points that uh, both of you have been bringing up. Like it, it's I really like the gospel tinge to it. I'll be curious how they're going to be able to accomplish that on stage, like just with backup singers and the limited number of voices that they'll have access to. Even though it's not doing anything new with this particular genre of music, it's a genre that's not, I I can't think of anything at Eurovision in the last several years that is even really approaching this genre, and especially like executed at this level. So it's new in that regard. I'm becoming a fan of this song. Well, and since we just gave Australia props for sending people of color, we should also note that Cesar Sampson is a black guy. Yes, good for Austria. Good for you. Like one thing that I've tried to do just because when it's an official video, uh, I try to separate that from the song. So what I've done is I I just try to listen to things twice, once with it and once without. And like it definitely improved for me once I didn't have to watch like the kind of weird video. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I understand doing that sort of separation. But at the same time, I I do feel like the videos will inform the stage performance in some ways so if they're going to be going for like doctor who special effects i don't know i'm I'm not a doctor who fan so uh i'm not i'm not sure i'm going to respond to that if they go for the same sort of jigsaw puzzle face statue talking thing uh, all of that happened in just like one clip of the video. So. Yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, just like there was a bunch of just weird stuff going on in the video and it felt very film school. That's funny. I watched this video and I don't remember any of that. I don't know if I was just like entranced by him or just like not paying. I don't know what's happening. I don't remember any of this. I trust. I, yep. I trust your yep. opinions on this. I just don't remember it. <laughs> well, we'll have the videos linked in the show notes. So y'all can judge. Mike and I both saw it, Ryan. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I, believe I believe you. I just don't know. I'm I'm doubting my own ability to like see things now. Is what is what's happening? Ireland also recently. Did we know about this guy? Maybe we. Yeah, did. we. Did. Yeah, I think a few a few episodes ago we had like pinpointed that he was like touring the U.S. at the time. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah. So Ireland, they are sending a Ryan. This is like the third or something Ryan we've seen in some, in uh, recent years from them. I believe Ryan O'Shaughnessy is his name. He is going to be singing a song called Together. Why would you So this hits in a similar vein to last year's song, which I believe, Ben, your comment was that it needed to be like an octave lower. I found myself just trying to justify, no, 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 it's a good song. Just like drop it and just install this web plugin and have it drop the video an octave and it's better. <laughs> which the, the, yeah. the second you have to install a Chrome plugin to to appreciate a song, I, I think something is wrong. What do you think of this year's song, Ben? Um, well, it's a massive improvement over last year's, but that's not really saying much. This is another one where I watched, you know, I watched the video and the video definitely 
definitely seems to have its fans on the YouTubes and then listen to it without and like it feels very much in the vein of last year's and it's good for what it is but I'm not sure it's necessarily a, a big winner like I think again I need to take a look at how the rest of their semifinal is stacked and if it, if the first semifinal is as weak as I think it is I think it has a chance of getting through which yay for Ireland it's been a bit of a dry spell for them but just in general like this song doesn't really move me Ryan what do you think about it <sighs> I I feel very similar, I think, to the way Ben did about the Netherlands song last week, which is that I think it's a really well-written, well-performed, well-produced example of a love song that I just don't like. I think it's just not my genre. I I think that his voice is, is much better than Brendan Murray's from last year, so I think it has that going for it. I, I, I The best thing that I can say about this song is that the music video features a gay couple, which I don't think I've seen in any other. I mean, there's been some references to um, gay relationships on the Eurovision stage, but it's always like snuck in at the end. I think it was Finland a couple of years ago that had a song called Marry Me and like at the end, two women kissed on stage. And that was like a surprise thing. So I appreciate that there, the video is basically a gay couple dancing and walking down the street and just doing normal people things, which is great. But the song itself is not that it like. This is a, it's a good song. It will probably be a bathroom break song for me if it makes it through to the final because I just it's just not my thing. What about you, Mike? What do you think? Okay, so last week when Ben and I were kind of dragging on uh, Netherlands and then Ryan, you <laughs> dropped the bombshell that it's like, oh, yep. this is like everything that I've ever wanted in a Eurovision yep. song. Yeah, that's me this week. I yep, love this so much. <laughs> it's. Yeah, like when I was pulling clips for this week's episode, I almost accidentally snagged this entire song because like <laughs> I I just got so like just caught up listening to it. And like I think I think Ryan has a great voice. I think the story of the song is delivered in like just really economically. Mm-hmm. It's not super lyrically complex, but the story it's telling is just like, oh, okay, I'm getting the imagery of it. Like instantly and uh it's interesting like listening to the song compared to the video because the the song is about a breakup but the video is about presumably this couple coming together so it's just like a really interesting juxtaposition and yeah like this is just i'm so glad that ireland chose this song and this is what ireland should have been doing the last several years that it's been just kind of cast adrift i am 100 percent on board with this entry yeah I, I can see all of those things you're talking about and i just don't yeah yeah <laughs> i see that those things exist and i nope, respect no your opinion but I'm also good. no yeah um, <laughs> oh i'm exactly. so used to that <laughs> yeah. um but yeah yeah like i again like i i like the video and i like what you guys have touched on about the video but on the other hand i feel like i listened to this song and i I don't necessarily link it one to one with that video like if, like they they feel I, again there's that juxtaposition which is interesting but yeah i i'm still not sure how i feel on this one i think given the right set of circumstances it can go through to the final but beyond that i'm not sure about how it's going to do overall listening to it the first couple of times i was thinking of tom dice's entry for belgium back in think that was 2010 and just same sort of like guitar ballad vibe and it's like oh if if ireland can pull that off again like maybe that'll finally like get them out of their slump and it seems to be working well for belgium like they've they've they have recovered uh since then so (laughs) yeah fair fair i mean they do have like a tradition of like really good sad love songs like johnny logan's what's another year is Mm. just heartbreaking and just wonderful 
on to more heartbreak let's talk about norway no uh there was nothing oh, heartbreaking. That's not yeah, yeah, there was nothing heartbreaking not about norway they they were fine we love you norway we love uh, you norway but also <laughs> yeah so uh this past saturday was the nrk melody grand prix which is working the way a lot of the national finals have worked uh, this year in other countries where there are 10 songs they all perform. There's a round of voting. The field gets cut down. There's another round of voting. Field gets cut down again. There's more voting. Norway's really into the voting. Yeah, the yeah. Like Norway yeah. adds like another round of like performing and voting, which which I find interesting because like most places are just like, okay, we're going to do the final and then we're going to do the super final. But Norway's like, nope, super super final. Yeah, yeah. It, their process is actually a little confusing because they had the first ten performances, and we'll, we'll get into the, like the actual performances in just a second. But they have the ten performances, and then there's also an international jury that is weighing in on this and the jury is just sharing who their favorite act is like they're not doing like oh we're giving these points uh to the to each of these songs so there's like no numbers that are appearing on screen no percentages no points nothing like that yeah i found that really confusing i'm like okay but you guys just picked one how does this how does this weigh against like the actual televotes yeah and it's possible that this was explained in like norwegian and like i don't understand norwegian so like and it it was really confusing because this was the one part of the competition that was actually conducted in english uh just to accommodate all of the jurors and so it's just like okay are they just providing it as a reference point because the viewer voting was still open at this point so yeah that that was weird and then they cut to four acts the four acts did not perform again uh it was just sent to another round of voting then it cut to the top two and then the top two performed again and then uh there was one last round of voting and the winner was alexander Rybak who represented Norway back in 2009 with the song Fairy Tale. He holds the record for the most points scored at Eurovision uh, based on the old score format. This year, his song is called That's How You Write a Song. Find your mission, a mission to pursue. You know you've got a talent, whatever it may be. So work your magic and sing along with me. Um, I don't want to go first. So <laughs> <laughs> who who would like to talk um, about this? One? <laughs> I will fall on the sword. I will. I volunteer as tribute. Uh, I other metaphor for begrudgingly going first this is what won there was this was a stacked final and this is what won i mean i i love alexander reebok i did very much enjoy fairy tale when it won but it just feels like this was the fourth place entry to me and i i get what's going on here and i do not like it i had such high hopes just rock your body but not words are hard guys words are hard (laughs) yeah so a friend of mine, I think, summed this song up really well. He said, it's so catchy and poppy and weird and awkward at the same time. I agree with that assessment entirely. Also, earlier in the season when this first came out, when we saw that it was one of the options for Norway, I'm pretty sure I said that I couldn't tell if I loved or hated it. 
I have definitely decided that I love it a lot. I think it. this is exactly the kind of song that I come to Eurovision for. It's a song that really I don't think could exist outside the, the uh, what do you call it? The, um, the ecosystem. Universe of, <laughs> yeah, the ecosystem, yeah, of Eurovision. I love it. It's silly. It's like it's taken a small thing. Like it's how do you write a song? It's giving a completely nonsensical answer to that, but it's completely committing to that nonsensical answer, both in terms of the like lyrical content, in terms of the music, and in terms of the perform- the performance. You know, the performance for this is him sitting on a stool. They have some like a, a projected violin that he plays, a projected piano, some drums. It's so cheesy. This is a perfect example of what I have said before, the like sincerely cheesy thing. Like he didn't try to make a cheesy song. He tried to write a really good song about writing a song and it just came out really cheesy. And I just, it's, I, I feel like it, this has the whole package. It has a silly song. The performance perfectly captures the spirit of that song. For me, this feels like this year's My Friend, right? The, the My Friend song from last year that we talked about from Croatia. It just, I, I, I love it. I just unabashedly, unironically love how silly this song. You got to break the tie, Mike. What do you think? I agree that this was a very stacked field. Reebok, he wasn't the only Eurovision alum in the mix. Uh, There was uh, Stella Mwangi, who represented back in 2011. Uh, She was performing with a woman named Alexandra. They were one of the top four. Alexander Wallman, who was the third Alex-type name uh, in the group. Just an all-Alex finale here in Norway. Yeah, yeah. But he he was the singer uh, for Norway's uh, Joust last year. And then the fourth finalist uh, was Rebecca, and she was was the runner-up. And I thought she did a fantastic job. She has a very, she's a very young singer, but with a very mature voice. And uh, yeah, my my notes here for her song was genuine wind machine, <laughs> where it's yeah, just like a very powerful ballad. But it's like, oh yeah, I'm actually like buying this. But then you also see like the wind machine blowing her hair and her dress. And the issue that I had with this song, like my issue, isn't really with the song. Yes, it's really goofy and very Eurovisiony. That's fine, but. There was just this sort of Norma Desmond Sunset Boulevard desperation that was happening on stage that was very uncomfortable to watch. I'm I'm not sure what the backstory is for that, but when they were doing the eliminations, Reebok was looking terrified that he wasn't going to win. And it seemed like the other contestants were trying to mitigate that situation like it it was it was it was so strange to to just kind of watch that play out and then yeah and then just getting into like the actual performance like the whole drawn on guitar thing eurovision just really needs to stop doing that effect because i have yet to see it work effectively like this isn't the first time that uh that that sort of effect has been used. Like Bulgaria used it last year. Italy used it a couple years ago. And it's just like, it never lines up properly. It just looks really, really bad. But anyway, yeah, but it's just like, there were also just like sound problems because he was just performing so hard that it was just causing like feedback in his microphone. I wasn't able to enjoy it because I was concerned a lot of the time yeah that's fair just to touch on this totally i totally agree that this feels like a song that cannot exist outside of eurovision but to me it feels like the the follow-up song that the performer plays at the next year's eurovision where they are allowed to have more than six people on the stage like it could exist for me as that but i don't think i i my, my brain refuses to accept it as like their actual entry right now 
Yeah, like as the exhibition that happens, like during the voting. Yeah, right. Here are like 20 people also playing along and pantomiming instruments. Right. Or like what uh, Jamala did last year with like the like the puppets or whatever, which was an amazing performance. Like that was really cool to watch. But the thing the thing that's even more frustrating about this selection is now the narrative is going to be, oh, can the king of Eurovision repeat? And I don't think that's going to happen just, with this just, entry. Just, just according to Betteridge's law, no. Yeah, yeah, and it, it, it's it's just setting up these like expectations that number one, I just I'm not interested in. Number two, he already seems to have placed a lot of pressure on himself, and I can't imagine that that sort of narrative is going to is um, going to help. Yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, like that. It just seems unfair to him as a performer. Mm-hmm. to hold him to that same standard like that was almost a decade ago eurovision has changed yeah yeah and i mean i think one of the things that people need to remember is the 2009 contest was really really boring and like fairy tale really was like was. one of like maybe only four songs that were that even stand the test of time being 2009 to 2010 and so it's just like of course it was going to get a whole bunch of points because it was like the one bright light in what was really kind of a dreary competition and mm-hmm. this year's ecosystem is just completely different i hear what you're saying mike about him before so i didn't see a lot of what you're talking about i didn't see him like you know getting really upset during voting because i wasn't i only watched the final the after he had won the performance Mm -hmm. the recap you know or the the repeated performance right i totally agree with you about how he performs really hard i think he has always done that right we saw that in 2009 he performed like he was working very hard on that stage i don't necessarily think that's a bad thing i think in part that's how that's one of the ways in which you can fill a stage when you only have six people you have somebody who's really going for it that can be an effective way to do that so i I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing in his part but i I will be very interested to see what him what happens with him if he is putting so much pressure on himself and yeah i can understand if you're a past winner and you you know held the record for points for a while and then you don't even qualify the next time i can understand why that would be pretty embarrassing for a person but uh, i don't know that i remember seeing anyone show that so visibly as as the way you're describing so yeah that's potentially something concerning i would like to be able to enjoy this song on its own merits but there's there's just a lot it's, it's carrying a lot of baggage which sure i don't want baggage on my eurovision stuff <laughs> <laughs> norway's final was a lot of fun and if you, uh have the ability to go back and watch it I, I recommend it there are a lot of really good entries this year let's uh wrap things up by talking about sweden awesome i'm so ready to talk about sweden so sweden does melody festival which is the national final to end all national finals they're in a different location in sweden every week which is also fairly impressive you have seven entries per week they all perform there is voting and then they get down to four two of which go directly to the final and two of which go to a second chance round. The fifth week is that second chance round where the songs are arranged into duels, and one song from each duel goes to the final, and then in the final final, you have all 12 of those entries. The eight that come from the the semis, and then the four that made it through the second chance round, and they also duke it out, and then there is, a, there is an international jury, and there is televoting, and at the end of things, you have a winner that has been battle-tested and ready to go. So this year was super interesting in that the televoting felt really, really close. Like, the jury sort of shook out like I figured it would. But, like, when you looked at the televote, like, the winner was only getting about 10%, which I don't know if it's the if it was a, a just a really high-quality year or just a lot of variance in how people were voting or what was going on. I think it's probably the latter. 
Yeah, because I think there were like five or six that got like 60 points in the vote, which would have been at about the 10% mark. Yeah, which again is just really, really impressive that you had that many things getting like 10% of the vote. So do we want to discuss like what won or do, or can we talk about some of the things that didn't win but were very entertaining? <laughs> not, not to say that the one that won wasn't entertaining. Yeah, but... <laughs> because it was very entertaining. So the winner yes. was Benjamin Ingrosso with Dance You Off. Just wanna dance, dance you up. So don't you dare, dare, wait up. Cause I just wanna feel the mood. Get with anyone but you and I'm at now. Yeah, I'm at now. Just tryna have myself a time. So I just don't care if you might. Cause I just wanna Oh man, you guys, I di- I dig this entry. Like I know that I said that I thought that Australia had a chance this year, but I'm just like fully on board for Sweden to take this thing. Yes, absolutely. The the first time I saw this, I I think it was like halfway through the first chorus, and I was like, yes, winner, this has to win. Like it, and it it was in it competed in the first semifinal from Sweden, and I feel like I saw the song and was like, yes, this has to be the song. And then every other performance from Melody Festivalen that I watched, it just didn't stack up for me. There were a couple of others that I liked okay, but I was like absolutely dead set. You know, every year at Eurovision, there's like one or two songs that just absolutely hook me from not even a full performance. Um, And this was absolutely one of them for me. It's so good as a song. It's so great as a performance. It doesn't rely on what the host is providing in terms of technology. They're bringing their own little LED two bulbs it just literally everything about this yeah. screams eurovision winner well, and that, that is definitely one thing to note about sweden is that they do not care about what kind of stage you're providing they will bring their own thank you that's right and the, that's the other thing i really like about melfest is that what you see is what you are going to get like they have thought through the staging they have thought through the production of this thing they will maybe make little tweaks to wardrobe here or there but that's about it which i think they do need to do that i, I said this i think earlier um but He's wearing this like leather or faux leather jacket with like straps hanging down off of it. And the straps just drive me bonkers. I just just get rid of the straps, wear something else. The same was true of Eusts when he sang for Latvia. He wore a leather jacket with straps hanging off and was like, cut them off or something. <laughs> get rid of those. But everything else about this is perfect. Okay. What do you My, think, Mike? Mike, your thoughts? Well, first, I think he did have fewer straps this time than he did in the semifinal performance because that was that was something that was driving me crazy as well. I was only able to watch the first semifinal and the final of Melfest this year just because of like life stuff. And seeing this performance in the first one, it's like, oh, yeah, that's going to win. And yeah, I, I don't feel like I really missed anything in those like in, in between weeks <laughs> all that much. I really like the song. I really like the performance. I don't think it's going to win. I think it's a better version of what Sweden sent last year, which I was really lukewarm about. But I mean, the treadmills performance was pretty impressive. But I think Dance You Off is a refined version of last year's entry. I think the fact that Sweden is just kind of saying, oh yeah, we don't care about your staging limitations. We're just going to do our own thing. I find that kind of off-putting. I mean, it's just like, all right, rise up to the challenge that the host country is presenting to you of no LED screens, that sort of thing. Well, I do like that they're like, okay, fine, light bulbs. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, 
this feels like the same thing that Sweden's been sending the last. Sweden, I think, has kind of found itself into a little bit of a rut. Like it, it's performed at a very high level and Sweden's very popular in the contest. But I think until they send something different, like, I don't know, a woman to the contest. <laughs> like they haven't sent anyone uh, since uh, Undo back in, what was that, 2014? Yep. Yeah. Like maybe maybe not a guy who looks good in leather pants. Like, <laughs> like try, try mixing it up a little bit, uh, Sweden. Yeah. So. I mean, I'm not going to complain about a guy who looks good in leather well, pants. No, I'm not but, either. But, 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 uh, right, just but, like... <laughs> but, but I take your point. Yes, I take your point. For this song, I think, well, and actually, I thought it was actually interesting. One of my friends said, so this is an example of, you know, a tenor or someone singing in falsetto and he sings in falsetto for the majority of the for the majority of the song mm-hmm. for all of the courses he's singing in falsetto and a friend of mine was like i can't actually determine the gender of this person singing the song from this performance so that was kind of interesting but yes uh, send a woman in the absence of that I, I really i mean i don't know that this song will win but i think this is exactly the kind of catnip that often does win eurovision and i would be very happy if it did mm-hmm. i think it, this is another sort of like um ireland's song this is a breakup song right this is a song about like i'm tired of you i'm gonna go on the dance floor so i can forget you and it's this juxtaposition between singing about a breakup but doing it in a really sort of upbeat like poppy dancey kind of way that i just think a lot of people will identify with it sounds very much like michael jackson or george michael like it's got this sort of 80s feel to it Mm -hmm. that i really love that no one else is really bringing right now so it kind of stands out in that way Mm -hmm. I, I also hear you, Mike, about sort of, you know, rising to the, the challenge that the host is setting in terms of the stage. But, you know, what they're doing isn't really all that complicated. It's just some lighted tubes that, you know, it's on a they've got a very particular pattern. I appreciate that he interacts with them in, in a lot of different ways sort of throughout the song. So it, I what I like, I think, the best about this song is it's just such a great package. It's got, as you noted, it's got every piece of it already together and so basically for the next two months they don't really have anything to do besides marketing and publicity they've got their all of it figured out and at a very high level so I, i'll be very interested to see if there's even any small changes that happen um before it gets to eurovision or whether this just storms the competition and you know places really high if not winning there was a brief moment yesterday in watching the final where i was like oh is that actually are those actual bulbs or is it are those just like three large led screens because if it had just been screens i would have felt a little bit less enthused about it but it does seem like they're actual bulbs so it feels like it feels like they were playing by by portugal's rules so i'm i'm more okay with that aspect of it and again i really like this entry i think like what always seems to do well at eurovision is the entry that can bring the biggest visual spectacle or or the well really visual but the biggest spectacle so like last year Portugal, by sort of stripping things back, brought that spectacle, whereas I think Sweden has in past years, like with Arena's Euphoria, uh, where, again, they've completely transformed the stage in some way. Yeah, and I think the use of Sweden is so good at producing a live televised event in terms of using camera angles. If you're just watching this performance from the audience, it's pretty boring. It's the, the camera angles that they're able to make it feel much more intimate. That really make the song. And I think that's true when Sweden hosts Eurovision as well. I I, I love when Sweden hosts because their technical staff always raise all of the songs. They always set a new bar for every single song, not just their own. So um, were were there other songs, Mike, as part of this process that you liked better or would have preferred to see on the Eurovision stage? I'm not disappointed that this one won. I agree with your point about it being a performance that – looks great on TV, but 
is probably not going to play well in an arena setting. Uh, that happened last year with like Azerbaijan's entry, where it was kind of taking place in this box, and there was this reveal of like a man with a horse head standing on top of a ladder, and it was just like trying this is like dreamscape that like if you're watching it on television makes total sense. If you're in the room, it's just like oh, there's going to be something with that guy with the horse head, isn't there? <laughs> it's like there's there aren't any surprises for the live audience, and I. Th- think to be successful you need to be able to to play to both sides yeah because if the live audience isn't getting that same sort of reaction like it, it it's it's going to affect the energy of the performance either the performer isn't going to be getting the response that they desire or like there's just going to be kind of miscommunication there or they're just playing to the home audience and then the live audience is just kind of um an afterthought what other entries do we want to talk about because there were what 28 or something yeah there were there were 28 (laughs) entries in this thing and there were some there i mean there were a couple real real good ones and there was also some stuff that was just purely entertaining so what was your top 28 ben (laughs) (laughs) hey i'm gonna save that for my for my youtube channel so i can monetize those views there you go see so one one that i was just real happy to see end up in the bottom which is perhaps not the best thing but like it just felt like a a blast from the past in a bad way was a party voice by jessica anderson who represented sweden i want to say back in like 2001 as part of a group but has not really updated her game since then i don't but my my notes for this one are just jenna maroney circa 2005 (laughs) which i like that has just been our go-to for it's a blonde lady and she's uh, with like a vaguely electro beat singing about party problem with somewhat nonsensical lyrics yeah like what is what what is one's party (laughs) voice what does this mean but yeah i i just this just felt old in a bad way this felt Mm. like again this felt like it would be do very well in eurovision 2005 the other one where i was just so happy to see mike's live reaction in our little slack chat was (laughs) fool dance which the artist on this one rollins is like this is like an actor and this is like a character that he's played in like multiple things before where he's just like this leader of a dance band where i think part of it just on purpose is that they are cheesy and tacky but they brought it to new levels of cheesy and tacky with this. Mike, your thoughts on this again? There, there was just so much like spandex butt shaking, and like every time that I like, I had Sweden on as my second screen, and like I just switch back and forth between that and Norway, and like every time I switch to Sweden, it's like, what am I looking at? No, I don't want to see that right now. So, yeah, just the, the, yeah, just this a was a not for Mike's entry. <laughs> just, a, just a lot of silver lamay. Yeah. I don't know. I liked that they put this one last in the running order because, A, there's no way it's going to win, but it acts as a lovely palate cleanser before the actual voting and interval act. Yeah, and this and this was um, Dance You Off, which one was 11th. was 11th, yeah. We clearly got the money slots. <laughs> yeah, like, let's let the winner go last, and then, oh yeah, there's this other one. I appreciate that because of the way that Sweden does Melody Festival and that you always get one of these kinds of entries, full dance, that goes through. I was a little disappointed that it was this one. And not a song called Leave It Put in Pina, I think was the name of the song. Um, I basically describe it as a Fruit of the Loom fever dream where they're like all of the backing dancers were wearing large food costumes. Like there was a crawfish and I think a pineapple maybe or a banana or something. So people just wearing these like very large food costumes. I don't remember what the song was about. Uh, I just remember it was really silly and kind of fun, and I didn't really know what I was watching, but I appreciated that about it. I, I kind of wish that one had gone through to the final instead of full dance. Yeah. But 
I, I appreciate that one of them got through it. Yeah, it's, it, and on its and like d- directly qualified, right? Didn't even go. Yeah, through like that. Yeah, full thoughts like made it through on its own merits. I have no clue yeah. like how that shook out in the voting. I should really go back and look at the Wikipedia page to see if the full voting details have gone up. Uh, Shuffla, which another one that got through on its own merits, from also just kind of like what mike you had you had put down on a scale of one to spaghetti cat in the chat and that just resonated with me with this song <laughs> yeah well i mean it's just like it, it's very lmfao and yeah like it's yeah. basically party rock anthem but in swedish yes yeah yes. and Ex- and it takes a minute and a half to get to the good part of a three minute song yeah. <laughs> you can't wait until halfway in it's a very high energy dance track uh samir and victor uh they've done melfest a couple of times before they're kind of they're both insta famous and yeah, this is like the third or fourth time that they've done Melfest, and they've usually like have made it to the second chance round, but this time they got like through to the final immediately. And one of them issued a press release earlier this week where they're just like, "Yeah, we'd really like to not win because I've got stuff going on that week." <laughs> so it's like you're gonna be starring in a Broadway show and like, "Oh, I have dinner with friends that night." Like, what are you doing? They clearly are in the are in the grift where they get to the second chance round, continue to boost their profile, and then get the heck out of there. And then something just went horribly right this year. It's a modern day producers. Yes. So. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then the last one I wanted to call out just for this was uh, Mariette's For You, just because she had a really great entry last year and was really happy to see her back again. And like this year, she had like some weird platform thing that kind of looked like it was balancing on the Louvre pyramid. Um, one thing that I thought was really interesting about the Melfest process this year is we talked a little bit about the televote. Um, this year set a record for how many votes they received. They received 14 million votes, which is very impressive when you consider that there are only 10 million people who live in Sweden. So only 10 million people who are eligible to vote in this. Um, obviously, you have people sending multiple votes, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, you don't you can vote more than once, but that's a lot. That's a that's lot. That's a lot. Votes. Like yeah. Sweden really cares about pop music and it's not free voting either people are dedicated to the cause there so (laughs) anyways i think it's like one of my favorite final processes of the year i'm happy it's over and i'm happy that there are lots of songs i get to go listen to on the official cd it's crazy popular outside of sweden too like uh i was checking twitter probably might have been like a half hour after the show had wrapped up and it was still the number one trending topic so um melfest is a big deal so i think that does it for this week's chat topics we have like a few things where they're kind of revealing today so we're just gonna hold off until next week there's only six left to talk about and then we talk about them all again it'll be really exciting so (laughs) yes i'm very excited to start comparing some of these and contrasting some of them and figuring out who we think is actually gonna you know is i think last year we it looked like there was going to be one super stacked semifinal and it turned out to be the opposite Mm -hmm. so we'll see whether that is true this year as well yes i look forward to being wrong very soon that's what makes it fun so (laughs) that's going to do it for this episode of the euro what thanks for listening the euro what podcast is a production of what else is on tv our eurovision news and entertainment research division specialists are ryan brazell mike mccomb and ben smith Follow our coverage of the 2018 Eurovision Song Contest at our website, eurowhat.com. You can also catch us on social media at eurowhat on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. If you'd like to contact us by email, we can be reached at esc at whatelseison.tv. We'd love to hear your questions and comments. You can subscribe to the EuroWhat on iTunes or the podcast app of your choice. While you add the subscription, leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. We'll be back with more Eurovision updates next week.